Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited. We have a very special guest here with us today. We were just laughing and having a good time, and she just brings such a good energy, and I love what she talks about, by the way. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Bridget Dengel-Gaspard is here. She's the author of the book titled The Final Eighth, and she's the founder of the New York Voice Dialogue Institute. She's a former performer who earned a master's degree from Columbia University and teaches at numerous professional settings, including Omega Institute. She lives in New York City, where she maintains a thriving private practice, and you can visit her online at her website, which is finaleighth.com. That's final, the number 8th.com. So go there, check out everything she's up to, grab a copy of her book. Bridget, welcome to the show. Hi, lovely to be here, Mario. I'm glad to have you. This is going to be fun. I love your book, by the way. And let's, let's just get into it. Let's talk a little bit about the final eighth. And the reason I love it is because I see a lot of my past in your work. And so maybe you first let's explain to everyone from your, your words what the final eighth is, and then we can get into a little dialogue around that. Sounds good. So the final eighth is literally failing in sight of victory. And it's demoralizing because it's for people who have worked really hard. They're talented. They're dedicated. Like that's just a given. And they get seven eighths of the way there and they mysteriously stall inside of the finish line and absolutely confused and frustrated. That's a hard place to be. It is. I mean, I you know, look, I when I look back and I like I said I it kind of hits home for me. I can see some areas in my life where, you know, you're so close, you're right there, but something and it's not like you don't want to finish it or you don't want to get there, you just don't. And like why do you think that is for most people? Well, Actually, I think what happens is you think you want that goal with every fiber of your being. But the truth is not all of you wants what you think you want. And that some parts of you are actually for the goal. And so they're the parts that have gotten you seven days of the way there, the parts of you that work hard, that believe in your dream, that believe you're worth it. And then as you get close and really you're able to move into potential transformation because you go from a contender to a victor, something happens and probably they're very small, scared selves, but there are parts of you that have very good reasons why you shouldn't go forward. And the, I use this technique called voice dialogue where we talk to these different parts to find out the, we, the reasons. Everyone thinks, oh, let's double down, you know, just crack a whip over your inner critic. Well, that doesn't work, does it, Mario? <laughs> How many no. times have you tried that? Yeah, willpower isn't a lasting strategy. And it's something that I think when you're that close, when you've tasted victory or you can see it and you just 
you know, it, a lot of times it's it's not hard. It's not like you don't know what to do or you're in, you know you're capable of doing it. You just don't. And, and that's like, the mystery too. Yeah. That's why it's like no one's yeah. And so why aren't you doing it? So I can tell you from my experience, and I'll share this. When I went to, you know, I was a chef for six years, and I went to uh, culinary school, and I did the whole apprenticeship. I did all the work, and when it came, you know, I was even in management. I was very successful in the in the profession, in my field. I was competing internationally, and I was one, two classes, two classes away from getting my degree that I worked for as I worked through my apprenticeship, and I just never did it. Wow. You know, it was just, I was still successful. And it, it almost became like something I was angry about because like everyone wanted me to get it. And I was like, I'm successful without it. I don't want it. It became something where I wanted to prove that I don't need it. I can do it without it. But it was like, there are two classes that are like electives. Like I could take them <laughs> in my sleep. Like if I just showed up, like even the school called me and they're like, we want to claim you as a graduate. Just test out of them. You could take the test today and done. And I'm just like, I don't want to. So we would say in our voice dialogue world, <laughs> what self was that? The self that said, that. no, I don't need those two classes to, to like define my success. I mean, I would see strength there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, part of me says, yeah, I, me bucking because <laughs> I always have a personality where it has to be my decision and I have to, ah. you know, it has to be something that I want to do. Like I even know in high school. Right when I was in high school, there were certain times when there may have been a book that I really wanted to read, but in English class they would say you have to read this and it's due by this date, and I would be like, well, I'm not going to read it then, even though I want to read it just because you told me to and you put a due date on it. It's not my decision. It's not on my time, so I'm not going to do it. Now I've matured a lot since then. Don't get me wrong. I I don't operate that way anymore. Like I'm taking some. Cl I'm, I'm I'm a huge proponent of education. I'm still taking classes to this day. I still am working on degrees slowly that I want to that I choose to do and I want to learn about but um, and that's something a lot of people don't know about me but yeah there were times when I was younger and a little more immature where if you would tell me to do something even if I wanted to do it I wouldn't do it just because you told me to do it it's funny because I had a client the whole, very different situation but he had a part kind of like that that mm -hmm. no simply no part and that part when we talked to it and said, well, what's your concern? What's your wisdom? That part said, if we continue in this direction, we're going to be focusing on all the wrong things. Like, we don't need to finish two more classes. I'm just pulling it out of your example mm -hmm. in order to be a success. And so after we did some voice dialogue with this particular part for a client, this part really completely changed his life's path. And then, it was a couple years ago, right now, he's successful beyond his wild dreams, but not in the original final eighth goal problem. That part ended up really refusing. We're not focusing on the things that society says important, but I'm telling you, it's not. And it was liberating and scary. And so, well, we, if we were in private, we might find out more about those parts. But that's what voice dialogue does. It doesn't assume because it says no that it's that it's wrong, a or even that it's like somehow not interpreting the situation correctly. It might be the part of you that's actually interpreting it in a larger way. And maturing is always a good thing. I am pro maturing. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like that. I like the the fact that you said there that it doesn't make it wrong. 
because that's the thing that I had to wrestle with back, you know, when I was at that point where everyone that was around me who wanted the best for me, of course, were telling me that I was wrong because I didn't get that piece of paper. And it was just such a conflicting thing. But I've always had the mindset or the thought, like, I know the goal and I'm focused on that goal. And if doing that is not going to help me, if it's just like something that's off to the side like those two classes which i perceived at the time i guess i don't want to waste my time doing that and to me it was always like well if i take this I, I don't even remember what kind of class it was at the time like i said it was some kind of elective like college math or something it's like how's that going to help me like i'm already in the position i'm already doing the work why waste my time focusing there when i could be focusing on you know learning the next thing creating the next menu i'm getting to the next level and that's kind of how i perceive and even today like when i do my classes there are things that they want they, that are in the syllabus or they tell you to do or whatever and I'm always like that doesn't make sense to me but now I'm at the point where I'm like okay I just have to do it because there's something to be said for following instructions to get to the bigger goal and that's and the maturity exactly but and also what I would say is then you are paying attention to both sides of yourself so let's say you were under a time crunch then you might say you know what it might be the best thing but in fact I know I don't need it to get the whole picture and I need to focus on this other thing. So that's the great thing is that you're not pushing it away because someone says it's better to do X and in, inside a part of you says it may be, but I still, you are in charge of your life and how you manage your energies. And that's what I love about the final eighth technique is it gives you permission to figure out, well, what parts of myself think X, Y, and Z and also where you get your advice. Well, one thing I love about the final eighth, and as you talk about it, is the fact that it doesn't, you know, I think there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of blame that comes with getting so close to something and just like deciding something different. Because sometimes you look at something from far away and you go, I really want that. Like I want to achieve that or experience that or whatever. Then when you get close, it's not what you perceived it to be from a distance. And then when you change trajectory, when you're that close, a lot of people tell you you're crazy or what would make you do that or you're a failure. And that might not be the case. So I love the idea that you bring up of you're not wrong. If you feel like you are in that final eighth and you're stuck, you know, maybe it's not where you're supposed to go. Maybe it is and you just have to work on it to get over it. But exploring all those different areas without judgment, I think, is huge. I agree. That's that's the liberation, really, internally and externally. And uh, also the idea that it, it looks at reality on reality's terms. So I might say to clients, well, find out. In other words, it's yes, it's an inside job in terms of how you explore your parts, but you need to find out what is happening in the market. And so that that's another reason I love this process is because you can also admit what you don't know and then go find out whether you read a book or call someone who's a mentor. So that's the other thing. You can find out if this part of you that's saying no for no sake, are they right or wrong in terms of what the market demands? Well, then you go to someone. So it's not just like you're looking at your belly button and figuring out what sides of you are somewhere at all. It's not that at all. Well, how much in the final eighth process do you believe in like divine intervention? For example, like what if you get to the point where like you thought you wanted it, you're there, and then you're like, something just tells me that this isn't it. And you don't, you can't pinpoint it, you're exploring it, you don't know because it happens a lot, and something's just tugging you to go somewhere else. Like to me, I would call that divine intervention or there's some, the higher part of us that we don't yet recognize or God's leading the way. Um, but you have to be open to that possibility and have faith to go down a different path when you don't have evidence yet that, you know, practical real world evidence that 
that's the thing. So how much do you buy into that? Let's see, 100%. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I, how I found voice dialogue years ago was 100% synchronicity. I happened to read it in a book that was unrelated to voice dialogue, and it was mentioned. And my ears perked by, at the divine interventions, like, whoa, this resonates in a very large way. Never would I have guessed that it would became, become my actual life path, and that those developers, Hal and Sidra Stone, would be my mentors. So the idea is part of the process is you being able to develop the strength for distress tolerance because we can't know. And also with the final eighth for anyone that's up to that point within their life, it's uncharted territory by definition. So I will take divine intervention and gratitude and spiritual practices that I have every day because we are only human. And so even as wise as we become, or as we would like to become either way, divine intervention is always going to be bigger than us. And I, I, I love divine intervention. I agree. And from that perspective, too, um, I'd also like to mention, and I'd love to hear your take on this, I believe that sometimes we're meant to get to that seventh uh, the, the part, uh, because if we don't get there, we won't know that the final eighth, you know, that revelation of you know, this isn't, this isn't the direct path or this isn't the thing, or maybe it is the thing, but you didn't know until you got to that point, because maybe you were operating in faith up until that final eighth, and now you see it, and now it makes sense. I think there's something to say about getting there to have the, re the revelation. Absolutely, for, for many reasons, including all the skills you picked up on the way. Maybe that was part of the purpose. Getting to the seven ace, you had to challenge yourself in many wonderful ways. So you are wiser from your failures as well as your successes. And then you get to decide like what resonates with me. And it's a, ideally a process of you getting to know yourself better and saying, okay, right, this isn't me. And so the journey was the purpose. And now I don't want the X, whatever the final eighth is. But I think I might want to look at this thing over here. And now you have more strength in yourself. Like, yeah, I checked it out. I earned it and I really didn't want it. So you chose to not do it as opposed to forever feeling rejected or like you said, guilty about not reaching this goal. Somehow something's wrong with me because I couldn't do it. You're like, wow, I can do it and I'm choosing not to because it doesn't fit. It is so much different and it's incredibly esteem filled where if you feel like you failed, it corrodes your self-esteem even if it's not accurate. But if you feel like you did, then it, it's a painful part of yourself that lingers. And I also think there's power in exercising our free will, right? I mean, making, yes. be, making that decision. I think that's something that a lot of people in today's world don't really know how to make a real decision. They think they do, but a lot of times people will get so hung up on things that they'll make no decision, and that in and of itself is a decision. Yes, and it so is. It's like, you know, making that decision freely deciding because you can, hey, you know, yeah, I did the work. Yeah, I figured this out. But now I have more clarity. Now I have more confidence that or there's something else that I desire. So I'm going to decide to go do this and I'm going to make that decision myself and I'm going to own it either way. There's Accountability. Right. Mm -hmm. And people have it's hard to be accountable. It's hard to have the buck truly stop with you. And I had another client who came to that decision and and this is where values lie. So she decided she didn't want to, but it was a 
a, a budding business that was doing well. And she had a lot of people that were active investors. So she couldn't just cleanly leave without taking, like having an exit plan. So our work ended up being what parts of you can very ethically end your part and not destroy your partners who believed in you and there for it, but it wasn't for her. So she was able to navigate that. And just to your point, she ended up creating something amazing and the other people got to take it. And so she went and everyone's happy, but she had to be so planful and, and again, accountable and ethical. She could have just dumped it, but a lot of people would have really been hurt. Super interesting. And that's, you know, sometimes we don't see the, like, we have a reason for doing something, but we don't see what the real purpose is until we actually do it. And a lot of times it is to gain that that new um, tool for our tool belt, so to speak, that new task, that new skill, that new confidence that we can then take to the next thing that we're actually supposed to be doing. So it's super interesting. It's so exciting. Yeah, Bridget, thank you so much for being here. I want to remind people, final8th.com is where they can find you and grab a copy of your book. That's final, the number 8th.com. Go there, grab a copy of her book. I can't wait to have her back on the next episode. She's promised to come back for round two. So we're going to pick up the conversation then. Bridget, thank you again. I look forward to speaking with you on the next show. Thank you, Mario. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.